Um, we're sort of moving on now to a mixed phase in our look at biblical economics or kingdom wealth functioning in kingdom wealth. And what we're going to be looking at is going to be not just kicking over some sacred cows, but utterly uh, eviscerating sacred cows today. Okay? And um, this stuff is going to be controversial to some of you, uh, but it's biblical, okay? Because let me just tell you, we're going to be looking at tithing and offerings, okay? Um, I'm not going to just cover this in one lesson. This will probably take maybe a couple, maybe more weeks. But it's so important to look at this biblically because there's so much man-made junk about tithing offerings, okay? And sad to say, a lot of that comes from good folks because when you get taught tithing um, and you, you just, you, you listen to what you've been told and you just start to move in that, a lot of people don't question, is this Bible? It's just, well, so-and-so says, preacher so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, and we're told you must tithe, you must give offerings. And this ministry of kingdom wealth um, that, I, that I operate in, is, it's across the world. You know, I've got folks across the world who are uh, partners in this ministry. And you know, I've had the heartbreaking emails from folks. You know, uh, I'm about to, I lost my car last week, they repoed it. They're coming from my house this week. What do I do? I'm in desperate straits. I've tithed and given till it hurts all my life. You know, that's the type of stories that you get. Heartbreaking stuff. And so when I give my counsel on that, sometimes you never hear from them again because the tradition is so ingrained. Okay? So well, the first thing I say is, well, stop tithing and feed your family. They vanish off the face of the earth. Because pastor told them to tithe. Preacher so-and-so says if you don't tithe, then you're out of God's will, God can't bless you, all that stuff. Okay, so we're going to uh, dismantle some sacred cows today. And let me just tell you what we're going to dismantle is the one that you get to all the time. Abraham was a tither. Not if you read the Bible, he wasn't. Okay? Anybody ever here done a parachute jump? Parachute or a bungee jump? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Now, let me ask you, is it a parachute, bungee, what? Parachute. Parachute, done a parachute jump. Do you parachute? Oh, right. What I'm trying to say is, just because you do something once doesn't make you, that, that, that defines you. Okay? So we need to dif differentiate between what the Bible said Abraham did once and what people say, oh, he always, he always, he's a tither. Ab we tithe because Abraham tithe. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, Abraham tithe once. We're going to get into all that. And here's the other one. Here's the other one. You can see the thing is, I'm trying to say to you folks is, you have been lied to. And here's another lie you've been taught. You can't eat your tithe. You can't eat your tithe. You must not eat your tithe. Well, again, let's look at what God's word says, 
Not what some pastor told you. Not what some YouTube preacher told you. Let's look at what God's word says. So we're going to look at that. <clears throat> and, and if you're a tither, we're going to find out how you're not a biblical tither. Okay? So if the sacred cows are already mooing, okay, that's my purpose today. Because there are three tithes, there are actually three tithes that are mentioned in the word of God, in the law of Moses. Okay, so we're going to look at them. Um, and, and let me just say, if you're a tither, which of these three are you doing and why are you not doing all three? Okay, because there are three tithes. Okay. Firstly, there's, Le there's the Levitical tithe, which is also known as the sacred tithe. And that's in Numbers chapter 18. And we'll look at it, verses 21 and 24. Um, take those notes down so you can look them up. Okay, Numbers chapter 18, verses 21 to 24. I'm just going to look at 21 24. It says here, Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And then it says in verse 24, that for the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore I have said to them, among the children of Israel they shall have no inheritance. Now, the Levite tribe did not have any land. They didn't have an allotted territory. They were allowed land around some cities in, in other tribes' uh, uh, territory. Okay? But they themselves did not have an allotted territory. So what the Lord set up was a system whereby they got a tenth or a tithe of the produce of the other tribes. Okay? So they didn't have an inheritance in the sense of they didn't have land. So the Lord says, well, they, they have to be provided for, so they got a tenth or a tithe. Then Leviticus, write these notes down as well, chapter 27, verses 30 to 32, that mentions the sacred tithe again. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree. Now, watch this, folks. This is what you must grasp. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one fifth or 20%. In other words, if a man didn't want to pay the tithe in produce, he wanted to pay it in money, he had to add 20% to it. Okay? Why is that important? Because here's the first sacred cow we'll demolish. The tithe in ancient Israel was never a monetary tithe. It was an agricultural tithe. Okay? So the tithe was actually of the fruit of the land, i.e. plant, agricultural, or you could tithe your livestock. It wasn't a monetary tithe. People did not pay a monetary tithe. And we'll, we'll come to some really earth-shattering stuff about that in a minute. So it says, And concerning the tithe of the herd of the flock, of whatever passes under the rod, 
The tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So there you are. You had the plant tithe, you know, corn, wheat, whatever it was. Yeah, barley, whatever. And you also had the livestock tithe. So if you were a farmer, hands up any farmers. Because if you're not a farmer, you've no business tithing. Because it was an agricultural tithe, which was either plant or you know, vegetation or livestock. Okay? The tenth one shall be holy. He shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. And if he exchanges it at all, then both it and the one exchanged for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. What he's saying is you don't pick out the, the weak and sickly cattle and give that for a tithe. Okay? And in fact, if your heart was pure, you'd give the best to the Lord. Okay? So, because the tribe of Levi had no land allotted to them in Israel, they were to, and if you want scripture for that, Numbers chapter 18, verse 20, and Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. They were to be provided for by a tithe on increase from the agricultural and livestock produce of the other tribes. That was the law of Moses, folks. That was the law that most people refer to when they say you must tithe. But it was never, ever a monetary tithe. And if you wanted to exchange it for money, you had to add 20% to it. That's called redeeming the tithe. See, when you get to the Bible and you push aside man's tradition, you start to see that the Bible says something a whole lot different from what man's tradition says. Okay? Now, the Levites performed a ministry function in Israel. They officiated at the tabernacle and later on the temple. But the Levites were scattered through all the other tribes, so they would, they would, they would do different functions. They would do worship functions. But they also, they were the priestly tribe, in other words. So the Levites were the ones that you would ask for advice on spiritual matters, maybe marital matters, certainly matters concerning the Torah, the law of Moses. But as society developed in the land, they also took on duties of a civil service nature. They became what we would today would call uh, civil servants. So this meant that the Levitical tithe was essentially, and this is what most people miss, the Levitical tithe, this tithe, the tithe that we probably identify with as the tenth, the tithe, it was a, essentially a national income tax. Okay? Now who would like to pay 10% tax rather than whatever it is there? But note that the tithe was of the land or of livestock. Produce from the sea was not tithed. So the fishermen were not going to be tithers. Okay? And here's the other thing. Neither were manual workers. If you had a job such as a carpenter or a builder where you had no land, but that's how you got your income, no tithe was expected from you. So unless Jesus had land, he, a tax would not be expected from him. I mean land that he got agricultural or livestock produce from. Mm -hmm. If he didn't run a cat, if he didn't run a herd, and he didn't have crops, no tithe was expected of Jesus of Nazareth. Okay? 
Now, these things can be checked out. Go and study it out for yourself. You'll discover these things. A tithe could be converted to money, as I said, with a 20% penalty or surtax. Who would do that? I don't know, but maybe there was a reason. This should be borne in mind if you pay a financial tithe. So if you, I'm a tither, I'm a tither. Well, you need to add 20% to your tithe, folks. If you're going to be following the law of Moses, which you should not be doing if you're a new covenant saint. You're not expected to tithe under the law of Moses if you're living in grace. Let me ask you a question. If I said to you today, forget everything that Cam just said about healing, okay? Because if you're not taking your vitamins, don't expect to be healed. That'd be, that'd be a lie, wouldn't it? If I said to you right now, God will save you from your sin if you do good deeds. If I said to you today, God will set you free from demons if you go on a personal development course. In other words, if your works are involved to make something happen that's supernatural in origin from the Lord, okay, then it's not of grace. So why do we think that God will not bless us if we don't tithe? God can't bless you financially if you don't tithe. Put the bags round, folks. Amen? We've all been in meetings like that. We've all seen it on the TV. And I spoke about it last week, I think. You know, let me just tell you folks, for the first 300 people that, that phone in, I will pray upon you the blessing of Abraham. Well, Jesus already did that on the cross. Folks, your works are a result of grace, not a means to obtain grace. And that includes financial. Should you tithe? Should you give offerings? Well, we'll look at that. But folks, if you tithe under law, okay, but we'll get there in a minute because I want to uh, continue. Uh, and one other thing I should say, just for those that are kind of studying this out, some scholars believe that the tithe could be switched between crops. For example, you could swap a barley tithe for a wheat tithe with the 20% penalty, so you have to give another 20%. But that's just that's just one of the theories, if you like, well, from scholars. Jacob in a time in Genesis 28, 18 to 22, when he had the dream, and he says, I'm going to give God a tenth. Yes, but we'll, come, we'll cover that, Ronnie. Okay. The second tithe is what's called the festival tithe, or the tithe of the feasts. Okay? So this is where we say, you've heard the expression... Don't eat your tithe. Oh, don't eat your tithe. Oh, my goodness. If you eat your tithe, disaster. Financial disaster looms when you eat your tithe. Well, with this tithe, the festival tithe, we are commanded to do just that, to eat it. Wow. So again, folks, what tithe are you tithing when you're tithing? And this is in Deuteronomy chapter 14. Which says, verses 22 to 27, we'll read them out because it's so important. This is God's word, not Bill's word, okay? You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide, the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. 
Oh, what is this? This is a second tithe, folks. In addition to the first tithe. Oh, so is it a tithe 10% of my income, Pastor? No, we'll get to what it is, but it's certainly more than 10. This is a second tithe, so we're already at 20%. So if you're not tithing 20%, you're not tithing. But if the journey is too long for you so that you're not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall exchange it for money. Take the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. Okay? But this is not the same as the first tithe. This is a second tithe. Mm -hmm. And there's no 20% uh, surtax here. And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen or sheep or wine or similar drink or whatever your heart desires. You shall eat there before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice, you and your household. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates for he has no part nor inheritance with you. What he's saying about this one is, is this is a party tithe. This is, let's have fun time. Let's take 10% and let's go eat where the Lord says and don't forget the Levite. Because the Levites will be there, so you're taking your tenth and you're going and saying, let's party. And I have to eat this one because I'm commanded to eat this one. I'm commanded to spend this tithe on myself. Okay? But I also need to remember the pastor. I need to remember the Levite. I need to remember these guys. So in other words, it's, this is even more than 10% too. Folks, we're playing games if we think we're tithing. But folks, God wants to set us free from legalistic tithing. That's the key thing I want you to take from this. Legalistic tithing is not for the New Testament saint. Okay? And we'll get to, to why in a minute. Okay? Like the Levitical tithe, this was an annual tithe. So that, we're up to 20%. 10% has to go to the Levite. The other 10% you have fun with. You can buy yourself a car. You can buy yourself a new hi-fi system. Do they still do hi-fi systems? No, it's, it's a mobile phone now, isn't it? It's, amen. But it, it's, it's on you. Let's, I'm going to buy a new suit. I'm going to buy clothes with my tithe. Oh, you can't do that. Says who? Says religious tradition. Says preachers who want to get rich off your tithe. By guilting you into paying it. But they don't dare tell you your tithe is 20% because they have to explain why it would be 20% and then the, the explanation shows you that this tithe is for you. Note that this tithe was a pleasure tithe or a party tithe. We would say that it was a vacation tithe to be eaten at festivals. This is festival time. Amen. This is tea in the park. This tithe... Oh, oh, tea in the park, meaning tithe in the park. This tithe was to be eaten and enjoyed. How many times have we heard, don't eat your tithe? Well, the Bible says, eat your tithe. Can you explain that? Because I think you're too sure about eating your tithe. You mean you spend it and go get to God? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. You spend it on yourself, okay? 
Then number three, oh, there's another tithe. Yes, there are three tithes. And this is the tithe for the poor. And let me tell you this right now. This is definitely not one that you'll get taught by the preachers. The prosperity preachers. Prosperity preachers are all about, you must tithe to me. Okay? The tithe for the poor. And this is in Deuteronomy chapter 14. Verse 28, 29. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year. This is a three-year tithe. So in the third year, you're, you're, you're paying 30%. Yeah? And it averages out, folks, over the three years. It actually averages out at 23%. Your tithe should be 23%. If you're, a, if you're following the laws of the tithe and the law of Moses, you are tithing 23% over a given three-year period. Okay? Uh, you'll take the tithe of the produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates, the refugees, yeah, who are within your gates, may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. This tithe was every three years. It was a tithe designed to meet the needs of those who were unable to fend for themselves. Note that the stranger was the recipient of this tithe. And again, and again, the Levites were also to benefit. Folks, I like these tithes if you want to be a tither because... The equivalent of Levites today is the ministry. Amen. But is pastor saying he wants your tithe? No, what I'm saying to you is, do not be a legalistic tither. Because it's bondage. Okay? Now, but this is going to take a while, but I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to show you here is this. Okay? David, g- give me that pencil, son. One of those pencils. Just give me that pencil. Okay. Um, there you go. There you go. Okay, that's your pencil now, Ronnie. Where's your tithe? Tithe on the pencil. The, so get a saw and cut a bit off the pencil. Or go find out how much the pencil's worth and pay a tithe. Because, folks, that's what the Pharisees did. Right? The Pharisees were teaching people, even your household plants, if you grow mint in your garden, you've got to tithe a 10% of your wee mint plant. And they were right. Jesus said, that's true. See, folks, if that's how you tithe, but what I'm trying to say to you is, now, that I have one of, one of my favourite preachers, okay? Love the guy. Wonderful, wonderful faith-building stuff. But he believes what I'm about to say. I've heard him preach it. He says, uh, you ought not believe God for expensive things, cars, jewellery, houses, something real expensive, unless you can pay the tithe on it. Because the mantra of these people is, you shall tithe in all your increase. So if I give you a Mars bar 
And by the way, that includes gifts, Christmas gifts, <coughs> birthday gifts. These extreme tither folks, they believe you need to tithe. So if I give you a pencil, you need to find either the monetary equivalent of 10% of a pencil, which is what could be a penny. But you are, you are in debt to God if you don't pay that, according to a lot of these guys. And this guy, in other areas, I mean, just mind-blowingly good. But he teaches us, he says, if you, somebody gives you, say for right now, I gave you a, a Rolex, a five-grand Rolex. You're due the Lord 500 pounds the minute I give you it, and you receive it. So if you don't have £500 to tithe, and even if you do, think about, oh, what a blessing, a man gave me a Rolex. Yeah, where's your tithe, bro? And these people, these people teach that, don't they? No, No. No. So the thing is, if you receive a blessing, it's, it, it then becomes a curse if you, if you can't pony up the 10%. Oh, and here's how, how else it could be a, a curse if it's something trivial like a pencil and people keep giving you stuff you've got to go and look up Google how much was that worth do, do I pay the Lord 10% of the wholesale price or 10% of the retail price you tie yourself in knots why? because of legalism mm -hmm. because of legalism you say well I don't think of it I'd, I'll, I'll just stick to the money I'll just give God 10% of the money okay but folks, the tithe was never monetary. So legalistic tithing, tithing by the law of Moses, or tithing in that way of always having to compute how much do I owe the Lord? Oh, I can't pay that, Lord. So then you're a debtor to God. Folks, do we really think that in the new covenant we should be living like that? So, so tithing legally, legalistically, sorry, is not of God in this new covenant era. But you know, Jesus said the Pharisees, the Pharisees were teaching folks, you know, you tithe in all your increase. And he said, well, they're right. Because you might have a wee mint plant in the house, you might have 100 acres of wheat, but you still have to tithe on the mint. But we're not under that dispensation. We're not under that covenant anymore. Okay? Yeah, but what about Abraham? Abraham tithed. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like someone saying, I parachuted a plane. That doesn't make you a paratrooper. Because the Bible does not record that Abraham tithed regularly. And let me ask you a question. If he did, who did he tithe to? Who did he give it to? And we'll get to Abraham. I, I want to kind of leave that for, for a future thing. Um... So, here's some questions. Do you give 10% of your income to the work of God? See, I'm trying to differentiate between tithing as a principle, which you might say, you know, I like giving the Lord 10%. You know, well, I like giving the Lord more than 10%. Amen? Amen. But a lot of people just stick at the title. Well, that's what I'm owe him. Folks, it's not about what you owe. You owe him the whole 100%. Okay, so it's not about, well, I'll, well I'll, 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 and what Jacob did was he, he tried to do a deal with God. He said, if you bless me, I'll give the tenth to you, right? And that was just Jacob the schemer in a sense, saying, well, you know, you give me a thousand bucks and I'll give you a hundred bucks. 
I said, good deal for anybody, isn't it? Well, I had a revelation of God. I had a The tithe. Do you give 10% of your income to the work of God? Do you think by doing so, you are filling the Mosaic command to tithe? As I've said, think again, because Israelites were commanded to pay upwards of 23% in tithes, not a mere 10%. The Mosaic law required the children of Israel to pay three different tithes, which have pointed out the Levitical tithe, the annual festival tithe, and the triannual poor tithe, the tithe to bless those who were unfortunate. Now, they weren't just limited to that because there's offerings on top of that, as we know. So, but that's the minimum requirement by law. So a lot of these folks that will say to you, well, we must tithe, pastor. Well, let's put the background then. But... That if you're going to be tithing based on you must tithe, legalistically, it has to be 23%, not 10 But folks, we're not under the law of Moses. Okay, we're not restricted to 10%, we're not restricted to 23%, but we're not under the law of tithing. That's why there is no New Testament command to tithe. But we are told to give, Yeah? It required all Israelites, listen to this, the Levitical tithe was a standard tithe. That's the tithe that we would promote you, up to 10%. It required all Israelites to give 10% of their increase, crops, fruit, livestock, to the Levites. This tithe was probably offered sporadically through the year. It probably wasn't given, maybe in one would go, and, you know, it was probably maybe given in, in different installments, if you like. The festival tithe was to be paid, and I've got this inverted commas here, annually when the Jews gathered in Jerusalem, or the Israelites, sorry, gathered in Jerusalem for one of the national festivals. So you would put a tenth by for the different festivals, so that when you went there, we'd call it a vacation money. Yeah? So that when you went there, you, you would have money to spend, but it being you. This is a different tithe, but it's still an annual tithe. It's a festival tithe. The worshipper was instructed to take 10%, a tithe, of his annual increase to Jerusalem and consume it together with his family and the Levites at the festival. So you would go to Jerusalem and you, with your family, you'd have all that money. Listen, we're going to have a party, we're going to enjoy ourselves. Let's find some Levites so we can share it with them. The, the feast would consist of grains, meat, drink. The poor tithe was paid every three years. Like the festival tithe, this tithe was intended to feed others, including Levites. Unlike the festival tithe, however, this meal was intended to feed foreigners, orphans and widows. Not at Jerusalem, but within one's own city. Okay? Rather than tithing in the past three years, the worshipper only had to tithe on his increase for the year in which the poor tithe was required. So uh, it wasn't necessarily that they, they, they saved up you know, every year for the third year. It was only that third year. But it still amounts to about 23% over the three years, if that makes sense. So the big question is whether these tithes were concurrent or whether one replaced the others. Um, given the fact that the Levites needed financial support throughout the year, 
rather than a single annual meal. Think about it. There's your annual meal. Okay? It stands to reason that the festival tithe is an additional tithe on top of the standard Levitical tithe, and the same with the poor tithe. Folks, there were three tithes. I'm a tither pastor. Oh, really? So you're paying three tithes? See, if you want to get biblical, let's get biblical. If you want to be old covenant and under the law, then folks, you're going to have a hard time because you're going to have to, you're going to be walking around with a ledger. Making sure that you, because what if you only give God 9.75%? You're cursed! See, that's the thinking a lot of these people. But they want you to feel guilted into giving 10%. Have you ever noticed that with the folks that push that are folks that, that what they're really saying is, I need your tithe. Amen? Because I need to buy a new Mercedes every two years. So you need to be a tither friend. Amen? Because pastor don't run around and know heap of junk. So folks, we need to be discerning. We need to be discerning. And listen, I'm not knocking people who genuinely believe uh, in the tithe. That, 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 it's, that it's a valid thing, you must give 10%. But folks, it ain't Bible and you can't find it in the Bible. You say, well, the principles there, Pastor. Well, there's a lot of principles that aren't godly principles or biblical principles. They're just nice principles. Should I say, am I saying you should not tithe? No, I'm saying you should not tithe legalistically. Okay? Because if you feel pressured brothers and sisters. See, let me just say this to you. The whole point of this, of this class in Kingdom Wealth, and I'll say it as plain as I can, is to get money to you, not from you. Amen? Hallelujah. We, we encourage people to give. We, we take up offerings in our church service. We have the box at, at the back there for a free will offering. But folks, we don't say to you, well, we're preaching tithing in this church. And where's your 10%? Now you might say, well, it'd be good if you had some millionaires in the church. Let me tell you, I've had millionaires in my church, right? And all you hear is clink, clink when the bag goes round. Amen. And, and you know when you get a sea of copper, that's from the millionaires. I'm, I'm being serious, folks. I'm not, I'm not making that up. So, how much do all these ties add up to over a three-year period? It depends on how it was calculated, okay? If the festival and poor ties were based on what remained, after paying the Levitical and festival ties, see, it all gets complicated. That's my whole point. This is so complicated, isn't it? Three ties, oh my God, it's like juggling four balls. Then for the first and second year, every Israelite would pay 19% in tithes, and for the third year, they would pay 27.1% for an average of 21.7% per year. 22, 23. If the festival and poor ties were based on one's gross increase, see, it gets all complicated. Wow. Then for the first and second year, every Israelite would pay 20% in tithes. And for the third year, they would pay 30% for an average of 23.3% per year. And most ties are based on gross. So, in other words, you'd be paying 23%. So, if you're not paying that, you're not a biblical tither. Under the law of Moses. Okay? So, thank God, we're not under the law of Moses in that respect every year. Amen? But, you know, if, if you, 
you can, and some of us do pay a whole lot more than that anyway. Amen. So it's not about percentages. It's not about, no, you must pay a minimum of 10. Or, or, or the curse is upon you. Okay, we're going to get to Malachi, the windows of heaven. Listen, we'll cover everything in these lessons. Because I want, and I want to go into the good stuff. I want to go on about faith as a substance of your prosperity. I want to go on about all the, you know, how you can prosper mightily in the Lord. And we've looked at some of that. But we need to cover this. We need to cover it because if you're under bondage, what did Paul say? Who's bewitched you, foolish Galatians? To bring you under the law again. And a lot of these guys that preach that tithing message, that's really what they're doing, is they're teaching you something they can't back up with Bible. They can give you a principle of, oh, you must give God the tenth. But if you're going to be tithing biblically, unless you're a farmer, you've not got much to back up and, and not get much to give. Does that make sense? <laughs> now, if you say, well, I'm, listen, I give 10% and I'm going to keep giving 10%. The Lord's blessed me for that. Well, I can show you folks that don't tithe and probably outstrip you in income. But if you feel happy with that, praise the Lord. Amen. Because it is a principle. Giving God a percentage is a great thing, I believe. But I believe it's for baby Christians. Amen. Um, but anyway, so this presents a problem for those who appeal to the Mosaic Law to teach that tithing is obligat- obli- obli- obligatory, obligatory to the church, or not the problem for the church that they're obliged to do, that, that they must do. If the Mosaic laws regarding tithing are binding on the church, listen to this. So write this down if you want. If the Mosaic laws regarding tithing are binding on the church, then so is the percentage and mode of giving. So in other words, the percentage would be 23.3%, and the mode of giving would be agricultural or livestock. Okay, so, but I want to pay you money, I don't have a farm, pastor, that's good. Well, add 20% on to your 23.3%. Which brings it up to about 30. So, if you're tithing, you need to give a third of your income almost. Do you see it? See, when we go to the Bible, let me just say this. What did Jesus say? The truth shall set you free. And if you're under bondage of, oh, I don't, you know, I don't, did I give God 10%? Or, or, or sometimes you'll find, because people say, and, and it's right, because it's the first fruits. You're supposed to give God a tenth, but you're supposed to give him the first tenth. Well, let me just say this to you. If you've got a bank account, then in direct debits, most of the time, a direct debit will come, when you get your salary in, a direct debit will come off before you pay your tithe. So you've not paid the... See, you understand what I'm saying to you. Supposing somebody gives you a gift because you're tithing all your increase and you don't know the value of it, how can you tithe on it? And what if it's... Very valuable, and you don't have the money in the bank to tithe. Oh, my goodness, oh, Lord. We need to do away with all that junk, folks. We're living under grace, under favour. We're living in the new covenant. See, the Pharisees held people in bondage with thinking just like that. Okay? And so do some preachers today. So do some predatory preachers today. And a lot of people, do you know, a lot of people... A lot of preachers just slide into this. Mm-hmm. 
They don't set out to be to fleece you. But you know, when your ministry headquarters need an upgrade and you take on a hundred new staff and all that, you preach tithing, folks, more than you ever preach anything else. Because you've got to maintain. And you know, can talk about celebrity Christians and celebrity Christian culture. This is part of it. Okay? You know, uh, let's let's look at our 26-week lesson now on tithing and why you must tithe, folks. Yeah? Folks, we don't tithe under the law of Moses. If you tithe as a principle, the Lord bless you. Okay? But the New Testament emphasis is on giving and investing in the, from the heart. God loves a cheerful giver. Yes. So let me just say this to you. I'm not going to mention it. Again, I don't think I might, if the Lord pleases me to, but I'll say it this way. If you're really New Testament, you'll be given a lot more than 10%. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, anyway, there's no principal basis on which to uphold one tithe, which would be the Levitical tithe, as obligatory, obligatory, there I've said it, while abrogating the other two. You can't just say, well, we'll go for the Levitical tithe, that's 10%. See that festival tithe and that poor tithe? Oh, there's no biblical basis for doing that, folks. All tithes were commanded. So as, as uh, some people, uh, they quote a couple of guys here, it says, to call for the cessation of two of the three tithes while leaving one intact would seem to require some major theological nuancing. In other words, slate a hand. The church needs to make a choice. I like this here. It says, we either need to stop appealing to the Mosaic law to support the doctrine of tithing, or we need to start teaching the people of God to give 23% of their income to God's work. For those who might be tempted to do the latter, this guy here says, good luck. All the best, right? But let me just say this, as a pastor, we'll take that. Amen? But we'll never, ever preach it as obligatory on God's people. So anyway, I'm going to leave that bit there. So, um, yeah, I'm running out of time. Running out of time. So anyway, we'll pick this up next week. This is foundational. This is uh, fundamental because as you go on looking for God to prosper you, you don't want to be hampered and hindered by having to sit and figure out have I given God his tithe. Okay? So... You know, my advice just be give 50% anyway. <laughs> and that you cover it all. But you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's not about you, you know, sitting in a calculator. You know, somebody gave me a, a, a packet of crisps, 100 grams. So I now get, I owe God 10 grams. Much was the crisp packet worth? So I'm, I'm due God 15 pence. You understand? But if we were doing it with the law of Moses, that's what we'd be doing. That's what, that's what, and even Jesus said they're right about that. You know, think about it. If you've got, it, it actually mentions it, uh, if you're tithing on your mint, okay, in your household plants, right, then the Pharisees taught that you had to give 10% of even the fruit of your house or the, the produce of your household plants. So say you some a wee herb garden. Who's got a herb garden? Now you have to give God 10% of that. And then, and then he would say, well, what does that work out at? So I'm not going to walk into church and say, Pastor, here's a wee bag of herbs. 
So I need to do the money equivalent. You tie yourself in knots, and there's a, there's a simple word for this. It's a Bible word. Get it branded into your thinking. If you go down that route of oh, tithing, 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 that word is bondage. You're in bondage if you start to think that way. God loves a cheerful, lavish, generous giver. That's the new covenant requirement on you. And you'll find that when you get into that, that 10%, you've left 10% behind long ago. But not only that, that as you give, God is giving big back to you. Amen? Because what you sow, you'll reap. So so nobody turn up next week with carrots and shove them. The bags, the wee bags that they put around, they're not big enough for carrots and tatties and stuff like that. Amen. But you know, there's nothing wrong with giving other things. It's not just money, folks. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you've got a bunch of carrots you want to hand in, sure Agnes can use them. Amen. Where's the box? <laughs> Praise the Lord, folks. So anyway, the Lord bless you with that. We're going to look at, pick this up again next week. Uh, you know, I like to preach the, the, you know, the wild stuff. God making you all billionaires and stuff like that. But we need to cover this because I want us all to be free as we go forward from religious ideas and religious bondage when it comes to giving and tithing to the Lord. The Lord bless you.